today on the smorgasbord that is Your Money, Your Wealth podcast number 322. Joe and Big Al field questions from across the personal finance spectrum. Should Sharon in Waukesha take the ex-spousal Social Security benefits? Should Christine in San Diego pay her mortgage or buy long-term care insurance? What does Steve, a sole proprietor in Vista, California, need to know about the tax rules around putting his minor child to work for him? How should Jake in Bolivia use the excess 529 plant education savings he's racked up for his kids? Stephen Davis needs suggestions for the coronavirus-related distribution he took last year. And Paul in Floyd's Knobs, Indiana, wants to know when to file Form 8606. Also, an email from Marcos about Roth conversion ladders gets Joe a bit worked up. <laughs> Imagine that. I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. We got Sharon writes in from Waukesha. Boy, I wouldn't have a trouble. I don't that think one. that's Waukesha. That's Waukesha. That's Wisconsin. That's Wisconsin. Yep. Yeah, Waukesha. Waukesha. Okay. I'll go with that. Yeah. See. I have. Give I, me some Wisconsin I names, have, and I can nail them. I have no estimate. I think on Band that. is in Washington. <laughs> Oregon. <laughs> it's close. Um, yeah. So okay. Hi, Joe and Al. I drive a two thousand six Honda Odyssey approaching three hundred thousand miles very oh, soon. Oh my goodness! Good job, Sharon. Although the pace to that number has slowed with COVID, I'm wow. divorced. Was married to my ex for over ten years. Okay. My question is on the ex-spousal Social Security benefit. My ex made about fifty percent more than I did over our past careers. I plan to take my Social Security at age seventy. I'm fifty-eight. Would I qualify, or is there any benefit in taking the ex-spousal Social Security? My ex is already drawing his Social Security. Your thoughts are appreciated. I haven't found a lot of info on this topic and how uh, to best approach the timing of the benefits considered on my own Social Security plans. It looks like there was a change around the benefits a few years ago based on your age. Yes, you are correct. Sharon from Waukesha. <laughs> um, well, let's see. When does she want to take the spousal? Well, I'm going to assume she wants to take it at 62 because she's only 58 now. I think that's what she's asking. Well, she can take the spousal benefit at 62 because she was married to the ex-spouse for over 10 years. She can. That's correct. Um, he's claiming the benefit. So she could claim the spousal benefit. Um, but what they're going to look at is her own benefit as well. Yeah, because it's deemed on her. And then if there's any little extra, then she gets that. But it's going to be a 30% reduction <laughs> yeah. from her full Social Security benefit. So she wants to claim at 70. So she wants to maximize the overall benefit. Sure. So in the olden days, she could claim the spousal benefit. But she'd have to wait till full retirement age. Correct. She would have to wait till full which, retirement which and for, have a restricted yeah. application to file for the, the spousal. Which if she's 58 now, that's going to be 67. That's her full retirement age. Correct. So I would take a look at what the spousal benefit is at age 67 versus her own benefit. Yeah. That's what's going to determine what's going to make the most sense for her. Because right. it sounds like her ex-spouse made more money, right? but I'm not sure how much more because how the calculation is to determine the overall benefit is it's weighed more on lower income than your higher income because social well, security taxes so, only so up to she, a certain point. She says that he made 50% more 
So let, let's just say she made a hundred, 50% more would be 150, right? And the spousal benefit is based upon half, the, even the ex-spouse, half. So it'd be 75. So per, I mean, just in terms of salary, right? So basically I think it would be less than her benefit. Right. So I, I'm not sure there's any way to game this, do you? I don't think so either. Without yeah. looking at the numbers, but yeah. I think you have a good illustration there, Alf, that I, I, what she's wanting to do Alan is to claim the spousal benefit, let hers grow and then switch to her own benefit. Yeah. Which is you used to be able to do that, but you can't. Yeah. Not anymore. That <laughs> so was probably that's the answer. five, six years ago. They changed that. Something like that. Yeah. So sorry, Sharon. <laughs> uh, Christine writes in from San Diego, Alan. Okay. I'm 54. I have a mortgage of $150,000 at 3.125%. I have a plan to pay down the mortgage. $20,000 per year for the next six years until it's paid off. This still allows me to have about $10,000 a year. Current savings balance is $50,000 um, and pay about $18,000 annually to my 401k. My question is whether or not I should use some of that $20,000 that she's paying down the mortgage for some long-term care insurance versus having no mortgage. I have no adverse health conditions at this time. Okay, 54, Christine, San Diego. She married single, doesn't say. Doesn't say. That would be good to know. Um, she says me and I a lot, so it doesn't sound like there's another person involved. Okay, we'll, we'll make that assumption. Okay. Christine, I like the long-term care idea. Uh, most um, single individuals, right, we look at it to say, okay, well, let's say if I, it's just me. And is there some, you know, big alley, if I get sick and I get old and decrepit, are you going to come over and, you know, take care of me? The answer is probably no. Uh, I'll check on you each week. <laughs> so, um, you know, so long-term care is kind of an emotional insurance that, that people kind of look at. It is. And it, it depends upon family history. And, you know, if, if your family has, you know, let, let's say, Parkinson's or Ugh. dementia or some, some of these things where you can live a long time, but you're, you know, you're compromised one way or another. Sure. Um, now, if your family dies of heart attacks at age 65, then probably you don't have to worry. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's morbid, but that's true. So, so I'm, I'm going to say, I'm, I, I think I, I would look at it, but I'd also, here's another alternative is if you do pay down the mortgage and you live in San Diego, you have a home. So it's probably worth, a certain amount. I mean, the average home price in Half San Diego million. is 630,000 just came out, I think. Hmm. So you, you could, I mean, worst comes to worst. You could, if you needed to move into long-term care for the rest of your life, you could sell your home and you got that money. So that can be your long-term care policy. Right. And you know, I don't know if Christine has kids, is yeah. there a legacy? Does she want to right. you know, make sure that there's something left over? You know, some people yeah. do, but you know, how about if she wants to stay in the house though? Well, yeah, and and right. just, right. I don't want to go to a facility. Maybe I don't need to go to a facility. I just need some home care. I need some some yeah. love and tender. That's true. Care. And and you could also, and it's not an all or nothing, right? In other words, you could you could partially insure a potential need with the long term care policy, and the rest would be through your home potentially. Yeah. So I mean, it's you know, you could get a reverse mortgage later on. Uh, yeah, I think there's planning around that, Christine. Um, you know, making sure that you sit down with a good qualified long term care um, professional to map it out. Just, Are you going to get long-term care insurance? Am I? Yeah. Well, I was until you just said, if, you're, <laughs> if you have family history of people dropping dead at 60, 
<laughs> that's your mom. Uh, yeah. No, my mom's killing the game. My dad right. died at 61. My uncle, his brother died at 65. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. My grandma and grandpa, they lived until their 90s. Oh, there you go. Yeah. My mom's 74, 73. She looks great. Yep. But um, back to Christine and long-term care, I think also single women um, are a lot better planners. That's true. I, I, you right, know what I mean? They, right. they button everything up. Men, sometimes in our experience, they're like, oh, you know, uh, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Yeah. Right. You know, right. Someone will. Oh, my long term care plan is my my brother. So what what age should you think about long term care? I think what 54 is a really good age. Per, perfect age yeah, because the, the premiums are not going to be as expensive. So I'm, am I too late? No, I think for, Al, because you're you're a vegan and really good health. <laughs> Click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to visit the show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com for some additional free resources on both paying the mortgage and buying long-term care. Both are big decisions that can have a lot of impact on your retirement plans. I've linked to the YMYW podcast episode number 302 called Should You Pay Off the Mortgage? First, consider your tax strategy, as well as Joe and Big Al's video on whether to buy long-term care insurance or self-insure. Now that said, there is no one-size-fits-all answer to these questions. Your overall financial situation and your goals for the future are different than everyone else's. And who knows, there may be an effective and tax-efficient strategy that you haven't even considered. Find out. Click the big green Get an Assessment button at yourmoneyyourwealth.com to sign up for a free financial assessment with a certified financial planner professional on Joe and Big Al's team at Pure Financial Advisors. Uh, We got Steve from Vista writes in, uh, Vista, California. As a sole proprietor, I understand that I can hire my minor children under age 18 and pay them a wage, but not pay Social Security and Medicare payroll taxes. Do I still need to file quarterly 941s in AW2? Do California unemployment taxes need to be paid in this situation? So he wants to pay his kids. Get them on the payroll, Al. Right. Right. Mop the floors, do some bookkeeping. Yep. Yep. Get get them some money, get a tax deduction. Right. Which that is a true statement. You can hire your minor children and you don't have to pay Social Security or Medicare payroll taxes. I think that's not widely known. Um, But all the rest of the taxes, as far as I know, apply. And as far as filing payroll tax returns, I believe so. I'm not 100% sure that answer there. That's a 90%. That's an 85% answer. Okay. That's good enough for me. (laughs) Moving on. Uh, Jake from La Paz, Bolivia. Oh, look at that. What the heck is this? Hola, Senor Landy and Senor S. Alfredo Grande y Caddyshack Jose from La Paz, Bolivia. <laughs> Espanol. Not like bad, it. Joe. That was pretty good. I'm impressed. Yeah. Killed it. <laughs> well, he's lived in San Diego for a while. Yeah. Love, love, love listening to YMYW as I walk Piper, our standard pool dog. Oh, I'm sure. The locals must think this gringo is crazy. And if I'm not the indigenous, 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 thank you, <laughs> people, then my dog thinks so. As I laugh constantly at your banter and financial education tidbits. First of all, this is not a rock conversion question, but a 529 college savings question. Oh, okay. All right. What, what, why, why is he in Bolivia? What's Jake doing in Bolivia? Why not? I, I love it. I've yeah. never been to Bolivia. That's where, um, um, yeah. Okay. 
uh, uh, we uh, might need to edit this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be like... Robert Redford and Paul Newman. Uh, okay. All right. My family is extremely blessed health-wise and financially. Wife is still active duty Air Force. Well, there you go. Overseas for over 22 plus years of service. I'm retired Air Force as well with 22 years of service and still fly for a top Fortune 15 company. We both will receive military pensions, and I will receive a generous civilian pension when I retire from the civilian world in 12 plus years. We have cash emergency funds, health care via military benefits, substantial $4 million in TSP 401k Roth retirement accounts, and two fully paid rentals. Our three kids, 14, 12, and 7, have $375,000 in a 529 program, and we can also pass two full GI bills on to two of our kids. While we'll both have worked for the man, we are hesitant to give any more 35% tax bracket dollars to the IRS and the penalties of overfunding unused 529 plans. We appreciate you, bunch of jokers, spitballing some ideas. And won't take this as advice, but options on how to use these funds effectively given the future cost of three college educations. All right. P.S., Thanks, Andy, for the great show and keeping the boys in line. Senor Al, for your tax knowledge and attempts to speak Espanol, I feel I'm failing miserably. And finally, Big Joe, you're always invited to visit and play the highest golf course in the world at 10,965 feet with my fellow YMYW listeners and amigos. Sorry, no Coors Lights. So I have, uh, so hope the local. Cerveza of Panacea. Pasena. 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 That'll probably work. That will work just fine. What if it's light? Pasena. I probably. So you could probably hit the ball 400 yards. The ball travels pretty high. Yeah. Oh, thanks for all the help over the years. It's true that some middle of to lower income American kids will. With savings in thought by listening to some smart people like yourselves can have financial freedom. As I said before, extremely blessed. All right. Jake. Okay. Pilot. Yeah. Wife. Air Force pilot. Love it. Okay. Um, so they got $375,000 of 529 plans. Uh, they got three kids, 14, 12, and seven. And then they got the GI Bill. Yeah, that's that's plenty. He's got a, he's overfunded. <laughs> he's already overfunded it. So don't put any more in. Right. Uh, and next question. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, it, really looking for some good advice. Yep. You overfunded it. Don't put any more in. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing, though, is that that money can be used for anyone's education, including you, yours, your wives, your future grandchildren, potentially, whatever. Right. You can yeah. change beneficiaries. So you don't have to get the penalty. You don't have to take the penalty. All right. So, but the, the kids are probably not going to use it all. So hopefully it doesn't seem like it. Then the kids will have kids and that money will be worth a lot more. And then it goes to their kids. But at that time, who knows? Yeah. It'll eventually be millions, right? Yeah. But there, there's no kind of like exchange, you know, it's like, okay, is there a way to exchange 529 plan money into another vehicle to avoid any type of taxes or penalties? Uh, the answer is no. That is correct. Uh, it needs to be used for higher education. You could probably get creative on 
what higher education and where that money goes. Right. I guess is the only, you know, if he wants to go back to school and <laughs> do that, I don't to. know if he wants to. But. Well, he's, he's already, um, he's a pilot. Maybe he wants to learn to be something else. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Marcos writes in Alan. He goes, hi, Andy, just heard podcast 318. A listener brought up the Roth conversion ladder during this episode. For those unfamiliar with it, it is a Roth conversion strategy that many people who have achieved fire <laughs> use to get access to the retirement funds early while minimizing the tax hit. For example, someone moves their 401k funds to a traditional IRA. Then they periodically convert those funds to their Roth IRA. They can't touch those proceeds for five years. Every year, a certain amount gets converted, which will be earmarked to be withdrawn five years down the road. My understanding is that it is a great tax strategy because it minimizes taxes, especially once someone has retired and has little or no income. Hope this helps. Okay. No, that doesn't help, Marcos. That was awful. <laughs> Why do you say? Because that's... <laughs> we understand. I'm just kidding, Marcos. Um, I appreciate you well, listening it, and tr trying to give a little helping hand here to so, the two of us. It, yes, it, it does. It does work. So when you do a Roth conversion and you're younger than 59 and a half, you have access to those conversion dollars five years later. So there's two five year clocks. That's right, right. Is what you're saying. That's that's right. And so so that does work. But part of the premise though is false. Uh, here's why I think because. If, you, if you're going to be pulling out Roth dollars when you retire and have little or no income, why in the world would you do, do that? A conversion. That's when you would do your conversions because you've got little or no income. Why are you doing the big conversions now and paying higher tax when you're going to have no income later so you can pull out of the Roth? You know, I don't think it's for fire. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, well... He's saying it's a, a fire strategy, financial independence, retire well, early. For I those. take that to mean it's popular with them. Yeah, yeah. And well, it's stupid. I mean, it's well, it's, it's it's not efficient because the the whole purpose of Roth money is to compound for a very long time tax free. Right. It's not to convert the money out and then spend it in five years. Right. That, that's not the right because here's what's going to happen all these fire they're going to get caught on fire and then they're going to have to go back to work when they're like 58 years old because they're broke right because they did stupid strategies like this so am i going to get some nasty emails from i think that? so andy you, know, you, you like getting nasty emails anyway so what are you worried about shield that from me but <laughs> no the point of a roth ira is compound tax-free growth for a long time sure right and so if you're converting now so if, if I'm in my 30s, do I have a lot of money in a retirement account? Probably not. Yeah, not really. So is, uh, so they're converting that money into a Roth. They're using the five years and they're taking the principal out, but they still can't get the earnings out. Well, and I would say this too, that most people that I've talked to that are doing the FIRE movement, they are saving so much money. They can only fund the Roth or the 401k. Then they have all this other Others. money. It's all non-qualified brokerage so, accounts so that is trying to create income. Right. Firms. So you... you and, and so let's say you're high income because a lot of fire people make a good income so they don't have to work. And I get that. I mean, that, that makes sense. But you don't necessarily want to be doing Roth conversions when you're in high income so that you don't, can pull out of the Roth when you are not making any income. It, it's You're kind of doing that backwards. If, if I'm really looking at the fire movement and I want to utilize, you absolutely want to 
utilize Roths because that's going to be your saving grace at 68 years old. Because then you have these small amount of monies when you're in your 20s and 30s compounding tax-free for another 25 years. Yeah. And then you pull that money out tax-free. You're going to, right? You have to plan this out for a very long, you know, because you, you can only live in your, your mom's basement for so long. <laughs> so I'll say it another way. If you're in the fire movement and, you've, and you're saving money outside of retirement, you're better off using that money to live off of after you retire and maybe supplement that with a side hustle, right? Dude, I don't know if, I, if, if the fire movement is kind of dying out a little bit or am I just not up to snuff as I was <laughs> maybe in years past. It seems like I've heard less about it too. Because but. here's what's going on, right? So you get this couple, right? They start blogging, they're doing all this stuff and they're telling how they're saving all this money, right? right? And then they retire, they reach their, their financial pinnacle. Right. And guess, and, and they're in their thirties, let's right. say, right? Or maybe early forties. Right. And they get to spend all the time with the kids. And they spend all this time, to, you know, like. And then they realize. And they hate it. Oh, this isn't what I thought. <laughs> this sucks. I want to go back some, to I work. I some balance here. Something. You know, it's like, honey, I love you, but oh my God, I'm I'm 40. And I and I just realized that I got another like almost 50 40, 50 years of this all together all the time with you. I'm out of here. Uh, Go back to work. Right? Or you know, they they the the goal, I mean, is incredible. The the amount of discipline it takes really to become financial independent that that young age is absolutely incredible. And I commend you all of you that, that want to do it. Well, I will, I will say this. So I've, I've, uh, I've read and watched a little bit of the fire movement, some of the stories and, and if the, if you do it right. So in other words, you, you leave your high stress, high paid job so that now you can volunteer and do what you're passionate about. And so if that's you, that's great. But if, if your plan is to just make as much money so you don't have to work, I hope you have another plan on what to do with your time. Right. Because the, the, their whole goal is to get them to or get themselves the financial independence. And then they hit that goal, they achieve it. Right. And then guess what? There's nothing else. Right. Now it. Now it. So. <laughs> All I will say on this topic is I await your emails. Click Ask Joe and Al in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com to send in your comments, nasty or otherwise, or your money questions. And to learn more about those five-year clocks for taking withdrawals from your Roth account, click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to go to the show notes. You can read the episode transcript and download our free guide to the five-year rules for Roth withdrawals. We got Steve from Davis, California, right in. Hey, YMYW team, Joe, garage, fridge, full of cores, Anderson. <laughs> That's right, brother. Uh, big, ask my wife, Al. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fine. Steve is killing it. it and is. Andy, super spine last. This is Steve, 41, yo. Recently moved to Davis, California, driving over from Michigan at the end of last year with two kids, a wife, and my brown with white top 2013 Ford Flex. I've been spreading the word about the Roth gospel to, <laughs> to all. Most of the people I know are into Robin Hood apps. I'm hitting that middle-aged money crisis and need to know how I should proceed with my current financial situation. I took a CRD, a coronavirus-related distribution of $100,000 out of my 403B last year while living in Michigan, and I'm trying to decide if it's best to pay it back and how to do so in the most tax-efficient manner. Okay? Income. 
Wife and my gross salaries, $200,000, while in Michigan will be on this year's taxes. In California, our income will be around $300,000 as my wife has a new position and I will start a new career here in the next few months. This still doesn't make up for the increase in housing costs. I'm currently working for a Michigan hospital uh, just remotely at this time. We should both end up with positions at the UC system. Pensions. Pensions. Oh, pensions, I'm sorry, in the UC system as we're planning on staying here for the rest of our careers. <clears throat> okay, what do you think? Um, docs? Yep, should be pretty good. Saving in banks is thirty dollars to $40,000. Should be get a $10,000 boost when I cash out pay time off after ending current job. Brokerage account, $73,000 with Twenty-four of that is long-term capital gains. Kids five twenty-nine is seventy thousand. My Tia four hundred three B and four fifty-seven is two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars pre-tax, hundred thousand dollars Roth. Uh, let's see, uh, Roth IRAs me one hundred sixty K. Wife one hundred twenty-three thousand. Okay, so two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars pre-tax, hundred thousand dollars Roth. Then he's got Roth IRAs as well, one hundred sixty for him. 123 for his wife thinking we will not be able to contribute anymore without doing the backdoor conversion. Good thing. There's a podcast that will tell me how to do this. <laughs> That's a good thing. Cause we're not repeating it. Uh, wife has an old pension, probably same small amount. She has no idea what's in it. <clears throat> All right. Okay. I have a small pension from a prior hospital. Current cash value is $30,000, $30,000. Uh, likely only going to get 16000 if I cash out now due to taxes and penalties. At retirement age, 2045, it will be worth $70,000 to cash out, or I have lots of options, a single life annuity. At most would be about 300 bucks, 350 bucks a month for the rest of my life. FYI, I'm pretty healthy right now, fingers crossed, for the next 50 years. Questions. Tia, who maintains our current 403B 457, says I need to claim the $100,000 distribution on this year's taxes as income but I don't have to pay any taxes on it now. Just need to pay the taxes or pay it back within three years. I thought I would have to pay a third of taxes on the CRD this year. And when, if I pay back the CRD, I would have to refile to get the money back as a refund, which is right. <laughs> well, you do have to put the 100,000 on your return, but you only have to pay one third of the tax. There's a special, actually, you don't even have to elect. That's how it, that's how it is handled. So, so what happens on your return is the gross amount will be $100,000 and the taxable amount will be 333,000 unless you- elect. No, 33,000. 33, what'd I say? 333,000. Oh. <laughs> so you're helping me today. So million dollar CRD. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna pull on a hundred thousand, you and then you're gonna pay three hundred thirty-three thousand per quarter. Okay, let me start over. So, so it's you don't even have to elect. You'll pay tax on thirty-three thousand. The hundred thousand will be in the gross amount. The taxable part will be thirty-three thousand. If you decide to pay tax on the whole thing, you have to make that election, and the whole hundred thousand will be taxable. Or if he pays it back, then he doesn't pay any tax. Yes, but he has to pay the tax now. Well, if he if he pays it back before he files his return, let's let's put that caveat in there. Then he, then you don't have to pay any tax on it. But uh, Tia, who maintains his four hundred three B four fifty seven, says I needed to claim the hundred thousand dollar distribution on this year's taxes. That's what we just well, confirmed. You, you do as a gross amount, but do not have to pay any taxes on it now. 
That's just need to pay taxes or pay it back within three years. That is not true. That's false. You have to pay taxes now. And if you pay it back within three years, you have to file two different amended returns to get that money back. Should I repay the CRD or just keep the money? Since tax rates are historic lows, does it make financial sense to pay this back and then take it out in retirement with this expected higher tax rates? What is the most effective way of paying the CRD back? What do you think? Should he, he? He's 40 years old. Looks like they make a lot of money. Tax rates are low. You just take it out, keep it out, pay the tax on it over three years and call it good. Yeah, that's what I would do. And especially maybe the first third is Michigan, which is a cheaper tax rate than California. And maybe, I don't even know if this is a good idea, but I'd even look at paying the, all the tax in year one, just because Michigan tax is cheaper than California, depending upon his tax bracket. So cash out brokerage accounting uses savings to pay back to 403B. I don't know. You could do that, but I think Alan and I both think that just once it's out, keep it out, just pay the yeah, tax. I think it was a it was a nice gift. It was designed for people that needed extra cash flow, but there's nothing wrong with doing uh, you know what what Steve did. So take advantage of it. Uh, second option he's thinking about is payback over three years from income. I think I would lose um, on this option as taxes in California are higher than Michigan. Yeah, that's what we just said. That is probably true, but you get time value money. Uh, number three, cash out my pension now and use part of the CRD as repayment. Now keep the pension, just keep the money out, pay the tax over three years. Cash flowed over three years. That's exactly what I would do because that you give yourself more flexibility on taxes. Change your withholdings a little bit so you don't have a huge tax bite. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's on a side out of mind. You have the hundred thousand dollars out. It's liquid. It's invested for you. It's, it's right. Um, so yeah. Um, let's see. Alternatively, it could view the pension as part of my fixed income planning and increase my stock holding accordingly. Yes, I would do that. I like that. Yeah, especially um, at age 40. Yeah, what have I missed? I think you're right on, Steve. You know, just because some of the guys you're hanging out with now in California are all talking about, you know, Robin Hood. I think you're doing the right thing, brother. You're listening to the right show and you're doing the right things. Yeah, So I'm with you. Okay. Um, when to file an 8606? All right. Uh, we got, hi, Joe, Alan, Andy. I am Paul from Floyd Knobs, India. <laughs> Floyd's <laughs> Knobs, Indiana. <laughs> Indi India would be good. <laughs> oh, Floyd's. Well, I was just so caught up on Floyd's Knobs. Like, where the hell is Floyd's Knobs? Well, it's hard to imagine that it's Indiana, in Indiana, but I'm sure it'd be really hard to imagine it's in India. <laughs> I guarantee you there's a Floyd's Knobs in <laughs> India. I'm going to go there. I'll take a picture. Okay. Send you a postcard. All right. Um, I drive a hybrid Lexus and have no pets. I found your show on YouTube last year and I've been listening ever since. Great show. Very informative. I especially like the segments when you answer listeners' questions. Okay. <laughs> it's all of it. He's been watching apparently for a while and was listening when we were doing a lot of um, interviews. Okay. I have a question on file form 8606. I have three scenarios from conversions. Uh, that we made last year after listening to your podcast. My daughter was contributing to a 457 plan. After listening to your podcast in 2020, she started contributing to the Roth 457. Since she is a student and her income is under the standard deduction amount, she also converted her 457 balance to the Roth 457. Does she have to file Form 8606? The answer to that one is yes. Anytime you do a Roth conversion, you have to file a Form 8606. I am 55 now and have been retired for over a year. 
in 2020, I converted part of my 401k to a Roth IRA, and I know I have to pay the taxes on that, but do I need to file an 8606? Yes, same answer. If you do a Roth conversion, you have to do the 8606. My wife is 48, still employed. In 2020, she converted her traditional IRA, all pre-tax, to a Roth IRA, and we will be paying the tax, uh, taxes on that. Does she need to file Form 8606? Same answer, yes. Yeah, in fact, all three. So it's an individual. So the two of you, uh, Paul, on your return, have to file 8606s for each of you and your daughter on her return. The two of you? The two two you two, two, two of you all's? Two of you's? Two of you's. Yeah, just because he's from India. All right, <laughs> show's called Your Money or Wealth. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week. Joe's stats, spray tanning, vegan veterinarians, and theater and cooking classes in the derails, so stick around. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257 to schedule your free financial assessment. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Got an interesting email. Okay. John, you wrote in as, as good as podcast content was per usual, perhaps the best nugget was Joe trotting out his all pro tight end days. No pun intended. Uh, the drop foot clenched caboose. Measurements of 6'5", 225 pounds. I will no longer make fun of Joe in case I come across <laughs> him in the dark alley or the 19th <laughs> hole. Respectively, John, big fan, Coors Light consumer. 6'5", 225. That's right, brother. Wow. Don't mess. Yeah, and then we got like a couple one-star reviews. Yeah. Because they didn't like Big Al. Well, they, they didn't say anything. They just gave us a one-star review. Oh, is that recent? Yeah. Yeah. They're loading up. Just, now. Yeah. Okay. We got to flip the script here. We, we do. <laughs> Maybe we need some guests again. <laughs> My mom's 74, 73. She looks great. Yep. Yep. You know what she looks like now, though? She was, she's been hanging out in San Diego. She leaves. Mm -hmm. uh, thank goodness. Um, <laughs> but she looks like, have you ever seen the movie? Long, um, not a long team, Paulie, but um, the Ben Stiller movie. And um, I have seen a few of his. Gosh, what is it? Um, where he, he falls in love with oh, Meet the Folkers? No, she falls in love with the blonde and then he follows her. What the hell's the name of that movie? Matt Dillon's in it. Um, hmm. forget Addie, something forget. about Mary. Something about Mary. Oh yeah, I saw. Yes, that. you know, yeah. and then, um, and then Cameron Diaz, right? She yes. was in the movie. I remember watching that once and thinking this wasn't that good. I watched it a second time because everyone was raving about it. I still didn't like it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there Jeez, you go. I loved it. <laughs> but so the lady that Cameron Diaz lives with, right? She's just out there smoking heaters and she's super tan. Yeah. <laughs> my that's, mom. That's your mom. Oh my gosh, she's so tan. I'm like Ruthie. <laughs> <laughs> what well, is wrong with you? Southern California. Oh, she looks. Uh, I mean, it, it, does, she, does, it, she, does she go to those little tanning salons where they spray it? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, okay. Just absolutely not. No. Um, I saw one of our employees do that recently. Oh, really? Yeah. You went to watch them get a spray tan? No, no. I just noticed the person when they came in the office had quite a tan. Oh, I would imagine that office is right next to yours. It's possible. Pretty close. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> 
Um, How do you know it was a spray tan? No. It looked like it. Oh, I could, wow. I could, I could be totally wrong. Yeah. It, it, it looked That's like what it. Al does on his side um, gig, the side <laughs> hustle. He's check, a judge. He's a, he's a, he's a spray a, tan I'm judge. I'm a tatty judge. He's a spray real? tan assessor. Spray tan. <laughs> uh, is that right, vegan or veterinarian? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not a veterinarian. You know, you could be both, Joe. I could be a, be a vegan veterinarian. Oh. I'm, I'm not a yeah, I, I'm kind of, I'm mostly vegan. I, I'll say I'm a 90 percenter. Got it. Got it. <laughs> to take like theater classes or something. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be good. $375,000 worth of theater classes. Uh, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> if I have extra 375000 in a 529 plan and my kids are got the GI Bill, yeah, right. I'm going to be like, all right, I'm going to theater. <laughs> Okay, was there another question or is that it? That's it. Okay. Or cooking, maybe like a nice cooking class or something. I'll be Chef Joe. Chef Joe? Yeah, maybe learn how to make my own cores light. Joe, do you actually like to cook now? No. <laughs> okay. I have, I have so, pre-made meals. So it, it won't stick. No. So, uh, no, uh, not even in the least. <laughs>